You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 94 with Karen Browning. Karen, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, James. Happy to be here. I am really interested in this topic. We're going to talk, have a good discussion about client expectations and, and aligning them, I guess, um, so that we can keep projects on track. Um, it's a topic very close to my home with Content Snare, actually. I, I talk a lot about um, managing client expectations for content up front. Um, so yeah, let's start with a little bit of a background about you, uh, how you got into this space and, and how you're, you've become like, I guess, a go-to person for client expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I've been working with, um, you know, at marketing agencies, digital agencies, my whole career and client expectations were just the most frustrating thing to deal with. (laughs) Um, I, like one of the first jobs I ever had was working at a uh, you know, technology firm that was that helped uh, small businesses implement customer relationship management software solutions. And if you don't know what CRM is or you've never had to deal with it, you know, I envy you. It's the most boring thing ever. Clients don't understand that developers don't understand, the clients don't understand it, the consultants don't understand, the clients or the develop. Like it's just this communication clusterfuck and what can it do? What should it do? What will it do? Like, there's just so many up in the air questions. Um, and it was an incredible frustration for me because I was the, I, I was like the go between for the consultants and the developers and also for the, the consultants and the clients and trying to figure this whole thing out. And it just sucked. It just sucked. And <laughs> I, I read whatever I could about how to solve this issue, this like just super frustrating thing. And then was able to uh, help that um, the company I worked for, like basically change completely change how they interacted with clients. They wouldn't just well. I mean, I guess when you when you're dealing with a client for any sort of project, any sort of agency work, when do you communicate that there's certain things that you don't do, or when do you communicate that you know there are limitations to how much you'll email them, or there are limitate, or they need to give you this information up front, or mm. when do you communicate that? Yeah, before we, I'd, I'd like to dig into the actual details of like communication. Um, uh, it's, it's actually funny. I've spoken to a few people who've been in that middle position. I guess you call it like an account manager or something where you're in between yeah. the clients and, and like the project manager. And yeah, I've never heard a good story uh, about, <laughs> about it. But I'd love to hear some of your like, I guess, worst examples or just any examples of how like this has really bit you or all the businesses that you've worked in. Yeah, yeah. So I have a digital uh, marketing client that primarily they do web design, but they do a little bit of consulting on top of that. And the problem is, is how much consulting do they do? And this is never stated. And then do they do SEO in addition to the website? This is never stated. Do we get leads for your business? This is never stated. So it's just this thing and then that you know the clients uh, the client of the client will pop in and be like oh so maybe you could also help us with this and then the scope creep just increases dramatically <laughs> until you know a lot of their projects were going to be you know these 10k 20k very profitable um pretty 
cut and dry website implementations just blow out what is required for them. And then the, the boss who is really good at what he does has no time to fix up his uh, sales pipeline or do calls and they're just behind on, they're behind on client work and they're, you know, they're not in good standing with the clients because the expectations aren't managed so then they can't get referrals and they can't get testimonials and they can't get repeat yeah. business. And it just client work just builds up, and then he has to step in and handle stuff. And it really can just totally ruin your business if you don't get in front of it and you don't really clarify every step along the way. This is what we are going to do. This is not what we are going to do. Mm -hmm. And this is why we're not going to do it in a way that uh, you understand and appreciate and accept it. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, I've been through this process as well. And you hit something, uh, a really big one there when you talked about like, are we going to get leads? Are we going to do SEO? I mean, I think every web designer has, has finished a website project and like sent it to the client and the client's gone, they've sent it an email back the next day going, I Googled myself and I can't find it. Or like I Googled plumber in Australia and I couldn't find it. You know, (laughs) it just seems to be a pretty uh, universal thing that you will run into that at some point. So this is um, perfect for, I guess like this is what we is one of the, like the main things you need to make sure is like, if they, they know that you're not going to do SEO, they know that you're not going to do lead gen. Um, and then I guess in a way, when we had an agency, we used this to like upsell clients, right? As well. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we won't do this stuff, but we have this as, as services, right? And yeah. and um, I'm sure we're going to get into that. And um, you also touched on like what is not included. I still find myself doing that quite a lot because I help people with Zapier work, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's like I might, um, I have to be really careful with Zapier because, um, you know, I can say I'm going to integrate these two tools, but then yeah. we might dig into their API and find that the API just is a piece of shit. And mm-hmm. like, I can't do orig- like what I originally planned. Um, and it like it literally quadruple more the budget. You know, I, I had one task the other day that was supposed to take me like 15 minutes and I ended up canning it at about four hours in just because <laughs> it was, yeah. And it was like, you know, like, this person is okay to pay the difference, but like I had to explicitly make sure that it's like, if, if we go outside of these boundaries, um, you're going to have to pay. Cause I think it's just like, I can't, you kind of have to do it um, with certain things to protect yourself and protect your business. Um, another thing you said too. So when you said your clients, clients, I assume your clients are agencies themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like a consultant. It's funny. I think, um, we, we deal with the, the same kind of naming thing because our clients are agencies with content snare and then their clients, clients. So we've actually come up with internal terminology, like mid user and end user as ours. <laughs> so when we're talking internally, like, yeah, it's just so funny to be throwing around <laughs> clients and clients, clients all the time. Total sidetrack. Yeah. So man, where do we start? Like how, I guess what are the the biggest mistakes you see being made? Obviously, we covered the one with like uh, covered one there with what's not included in the scope. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the common mistakes um, and how to actually communicate with our yeah. Partner. So initially, um, you know, I started my career in sales, and in sales, you get a better understanding of uh, you know ex- expectation management. Because a bad salesperson, you know, fucks up the expectations for one, and that's everyone knows it. For most of them, and the other is, yeah, (laughs) they just get the sale and then let the rest of the team handle it. (laughs) Yeah, 
Where I'm from in Perth, they called that churn and burn. And it, yeah. was, uh, it was a horrifically unethical uh, sales practice. Absolutely. But it's in the vocabulary. And, but the other, the other good thing, well, that's not a good thing. The other thing <laughs> is you have to be able to speak client's language and you have to come at them from what their objections are, what their concerns are. You know, that you speak, if they speak French and you speak English, you're not getting a sale. You know, if they speak client and you speak developer, you're not getting a sale. So it helps to understand where is your client coming from. Now, in any sort of business, any sort of agency, there's an asymmetry. Yeah, fuck it, I'll, I'll use that term. There's an <laughs> asymmetry of information. That's what the economics term is. So, <laughs> if they knew everything about Facebook ads or Zapier or website design or whatever, if they knew as much as you, they wouldn't pay you to do it, or right. or, or they wouldn't pay you much to do it. So, of course, they don't understand as much as you. So, what do they understand? What do they think is important? What do they think is relevant? Because they don't know. And you can blame the client for that, which is tempting, but if they knew what you knew, they wouldn't pay you to do what you're doing. So it's a really useful paradigm is, all right, they don't understand as much as me, hence them paying me. What do they understand? And then, okay, based on that, let's try and figure out what needs to be communicated that is not being communicated. And the, that question is actually relatively easy to answer because what do they expect which they shouldn't? And that's the question I ask my clients. What do your clients expect that they really shouldn't? They shouldn't expect PPC, they shouldn't expect SEO, they shouldn't expect you know, consultations, they shouldn't expect a daily email, they shouldn't expect 57 revisions, they shouldn't, okay, let's write all this down. Yeah, and I mean, anyone who's been in business for a while is going to have a bunch of these in their head and, and have, oh, yeah. have horror stories. Yeah, yeah. So then once you can diagnose the problem, and that is the problem, that these are the misaligned client expectations, and most agencies have pretty similar ones and yeah, top of like the top of mind because they're one of the most frustrating things to deal with. All right, so is that which of these is currently being um, communicated and how they're being communicated? So the answer is generally they're not. But if they are, it's like, well, we put it in page 37 of the contract. <laughs> now this this shocks people when I tell them, but client your clients do not read those contracts. Mm. You know, I used to do uh, that the first company I worked for did you know twenty thirty thousand dollar implementations for small businesses that don't read the contract, and I know this because I asked them. All right, so what did you think of you know page four, you know condition three? Uh, no, I had to check off because I don't. In three weeks, I don't want to have to deal with you saying included. Um, you know, software world, they call this scope creep, but, you know, it applies to everything. So when is it communicated? And if it's, if it's in the back of the contract, you may as well not tell them at all. Um, yeah. So, you know, when I, so, so if you're not communicating it effectively, when could you communicate that? So potentially uh, you can do it before you ask for money, um, put it in a, you know, if you could think of like how a gym does expectation management or how like a website provider does expectation management, they have, you know, three ta- like, a, like a three-column table, you know, the, the bronze oh, yeah. package, you get access to the gym during non-peak hours where you don't get access to personal training, you don't get access to the sauna, you don't get access to yoga, you don't get blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the silver get this way and the platinum is so good and, you know, we, 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 we make a trophy erected in your honour and... You know, you get a private masseuse every, you know, so you're able to see at a glance exactly what is and what isn't 
uh, expected. So then when you sign up, you're not like, where the fuck is my access to the sauna? <laughs> yeah, and that's actually, you raise a good point there because I've spoken to a couple of friends who uh, run very successful digital agencies and they actually do use that same kind of pricing table thing mm. in their proposals where it, almost use it as like a price anchoring type thing. So yeah, it's like exactly. You can show exactly. the, the value um, that they're getting in that higher plan by yeah. saying, yes, these five things are included in that, but if you choose this cheap plan, sorry, you're not getting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a totally um, just a very fortunate coincidence. Mm. Uh, side effect is, yeah, you can it, uh, you can it can help you charge higher prices as well because you mm. can put in. You know, one of the things I encourage my clients to do is don't necessarily say no to the extra stuff you don't want to do. Say, okay, that sounds like an interesting idea. Let's discuss it in the next meeting, and then if they bring it up, bring it up. Like, all right, let's um, implement that uh, in phase two of this project. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, or, yeah, we don't want uh, yeah, we, we to blow out the timeline, so let's uh, mm-hmm. discuss that in phase two. Um, so you can do that. And then the other thing is, um, all right, that sounds good. You know, we don't want to go over budget for this. So, you know, we could put that as a you know, additional thing if you wanted to. But, yeah, so going back to the price anchoring. Yeah. So if you have, you know, the platinum package or whatever, it shows you what you don't get. And you can use this as an option close. And so, so do would you be interested in buying this? You say, which of these packages is more interesting, which is a more compelling uh, sales proposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then that way you're kind of competing with yourself rather than like they if they've got three packages to choose from uh, with you, they don't need to compare three packages from other agencies as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a few, like you mentioned like earlier, like where do you actually communicate expectations? And I mean, you know, whether it's before you take money or whatever, for me, it's like everywhere. That's everywhere. what I'm always telling people, you know, like because – like I said, we deal with this with content scenario. It's in like my training on, on how to um, better, you know, get information, get content from clients. Um, the number one thing we always talk about is expectations. And it's like telling them that you're going to need content in the initial meeting. It's the same thing, like, you know, bringing up that like, do you just want web design or do you want lead stuff in here? Because if you just get the web design package, you're not getting SEO, um, yeah. you know, in the initial meeting. It's in the... Um, proposal and up front in the proposal like one page i my um, lawyer that i work with is really big on like natural language as short as possible without all the bullshit check jargon that you normally get which is so rare for a lawyer it's awesome (laughs) she's great um you know she'll try and get everything all the important stuff into the most easily digested um contract ever and it's very clear then you know you've got all the things that are in and out of scope or whatever on page one or two in big print, not like the size six shit that you get for the other 30 pages. Um, you know, and then it might be uh, communicated in your, uh, like there's different terms for this, but just like onboarding, you know, you yeah. might send them some emails when you first start the project or you get them into your project management system, however you're communicating, like whether it could just be a page on your website that's like, here's our process. Yep. And and it's communicated there as well, what's in and out and, and you know, that you need content in this example. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know um, the exact phrase, but it's like, you know, communicate early and reiterate often Yeah, is like any of these expectations type things because they'll probably miss it if you only tell them once. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly <laughs> what you just said, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I guess before the sale, some of the things you can do before you ask for money, whatever you're telling them, be clear. 
I don't understand people who use vague messaging. We we help blah like be clear. Like what what exactly do is it that you do? What exactly is the offer? I mean, the side effect is it's more effective copywriting anyway, but mm. if you're vague, then they're not gonna understand. So be clear and then yeah, in the onboarding and then the ongoing emails. You know, the phrasing that I use for every single additional request that falls one step outside of the, you know, agreed upon scope is, um, all right, well, or whenever I'm asking for information in advance or whatever or, you know, requesting that, you know, they, they give stuff promptly, in order to stick to the, um, to make sure that we're hitting the, the deadlines mm. and staying within budget, can you do X or to avoid blowing out the deadlines and completely annihilating the budget, can you do why? And, you know, making sure that your communication with your That's clients is very clear. Like yeah. yeah, having a why in there is, is really good, you know, just saying not saying like, oh, we need content from you. It's just like, well, if we don't get content, this is the consequence. Yeah. Yeah, I like and that. Then it's like a, yeah, it's like a choice. I mean, you can not give it to me, but you also implicitly, explicitly agreeing that, I don't mind if we go over budget or I don't mind if we go over the time frame or whatever. Yeah. And they come back like, oh, I understood that blah, blah, blah. And it takes the pressure off you as well. Mm. So that, that's proven to be very, very effective. Um, and yeah, in general, if you already have a client that has just fucked up, overblown, like the scope has just exploded, that's a pretty difficult problem to solve. But if you get in front of it and make it clear what it is you offer, and then reiterate what it is you do and don't offer uh, with the pricing table at the point of asking the money, and then reiterate again in the contract and, and reiterate again in the onboarding. You know, I, I, I create FAQ documents mm. uh, to send out as, just a, as, as, a, as a, an additional thing that you can do. Um, that helps. And, yeah, with every additional request anyone's making, just make it clear. All right, uh, th that's interesting. Let's discuss it in the meeting if they don't bring it up. I like that. Like it's an extra layer because for me, like it, it would always be like, okay, that's, that's cool. Um, um, that'll cost this much, you know, <laughs> like just straight up. But like a lot of the times we wouldn't actually want to do it. Um, mm. you know, and that was kind of a strategy to, uh, get it off our plate. <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, but that's like an extra layer then to be like, yeah, awesome. Um, we'll discuss it in the next meeting. Um, you know, discuss the requirements and if they don't bring it up, then, and you can almost drop it. I mean, it depends what kind of business you're in. Like, I know if you pro if you're doing a white glove kind of service, you're probably going to want to bring that up and make sure all of their things. But, but of course, you're going to bring up a price as well and an extra timeline. And so, so everything's got a trade off, right? Like, yeah, they, you can do all these extra things that aren't in scope, and this is how much that costs. Um, but unfortunately, like if you don't have that in your contract, then you've basically got no leg to stand on. So that's the, yeah. the key of all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And in the in the next meeting, you know, you ask, oh, so you want this thing, why do you want it? And if they don't know, I'm like, oh, okay, woman, well, does it really make sense for us to do it, you know? Because, you know, if they knew as much as you knew, they wouldn't be paying you. So potentially they want things that they don't think they actually need. Yeah, that's a really good point. There are a lot, like, a, that's a, there's another layer there of making, like, understanding why they want the thing they're asking you to do as well and then potentially yeah. getting it thrown out. I've definitely been in that situation before where once we dig into the, the core reason they want something, it might just be because their friends got it on their website or something. Yeah. It's like, it's completely irrelevant for you. Like, why do you need that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My cousin's stepbrother's father-in-law, you know, said yeah. that it was better if a website 
Yeah. Yep. I think every, every web designer has been in that uh, situation at some point. Also, um, I used to call it the web design circle of life that we use, we lose projects to, you know, my stepbrothers, dogs, cats, bloody dad. Um, but then we'd get so many projects from botched jobs from that exact person as well. So it was like, it just it equals out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, one of the broader, it, like we're talking about layers of defense against scope creep, I guess, mm. um, in any sort of agency thing. And one of the broader things is, does your client view you as like a strategic advisor or do they just view you as some implementation monkey? <laughs> yeah. You know, because if they start giving you, if they give you strategic advice and you take it, then you just ruin your own credibility. And that's that's a... It's a big thing, but a subtle thing that I see some of my clients doing. You know, I have a client that does social media uh, marketing for, uh, you know, what, I don't want to say his niche, but, um, you know, so it was, oh, I, I, don't, I don't like these posts that you're making. I feel like it's not professional. But, you know, the client doesn't know what he's talking about. If he did, mm-hmm. he would just, like, he would do it himself. But he's like, oh, okay, never, oh, you know, we'll just delete those posts. And, and now uh, you're getting strategic advice on the thing that you are selling him strategic advice and implementation for. Oof. So you need to be, you know, his point was, well, it's not worth it to battle the client over something as small as deleting a post. And my point was, yes, it is. Because that's, if you hold your defense there and they're just as, oh, that's interesting. As interesting concern you have, let's raise it in the next meeting. And if they don't bring it up, they don't bring it up. But if they <laughs> bring it up, all right, so like what, what was it, the, the issue that you had and get them to explain it and they'll know if they don't know what the hell they're talking about in the explaining, but if you're like, oh, okay, well, actually, you know, what we really need here is engaging posts to get higher reach, to get more followers and what you're talking about, does it achieve those objectives? No? Okay, do you feel like it would make sense for us to do, you know, a follower strategy that works, that's proven, yeah? I mean, you would say it in more polite terms, but, yeah. you know, if you start taking strategic advice from your clients, then they'll think, start teaching you as someone who you know needs to take strategic advice from someone who is not a fucking expert. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this is big. A lot of agencies do become the. I like what you you said, an implementation monkey. I, I think the key here is like instead of just doing what they say blindly, it's actually create a discussion around it. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people just get frustrated and go, fuck it, I'm just going to do it because I'm sick of dealing with this person, sick of having those discussions. Um, but that probably means you're not charging enough if you if you can't be in a position to have those, those discussions. Um, you know, like a, a good example of this, a trap that I think a lot of agencies fall into, uh, and I've spoken to a lot of larger agencies that explicitly avoid design feedback tools. Like there's a, there's a bunch of tools out there where you can, you know, send the website to your client and, that you've built and say, okay, now give me the feedback. You just click on stuff that you like and or don't like and tell us what to change. And next minute you've got like a hundred dot points all over this thing and they're essentially micromanaging your design. And again, like yeah. they've paid you to do this design um, yet they're, trying yeah. to tell you to move the logo <laughs> five pixels to the left and make it bigger, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, you've got to be really careful with with those kind of things. Like getting micromanaged by your clients is not a good position, especially if you are trying to position as the strategic advisor, like you say. Yeah. I don't even like the word review. I don't <laughs> even like, oh, we, we've, we've made the, the Facebook ads for you. You know, want you to review them and then we can publish them. You know, 
like I, I don't even like that verbiage. Um, what do you like? Just, uh, so what we ended up using for that one was here are the ads. Um, here are the ads. We'll, we'll publish these uh, tomorrow unless you have any issues. Mm. And so I'm still you're still kind of asking, but it's yeah, not, no, that's good as long because you're giving them the option the unless they have yeah. issues. Like yeah, um, that's. You know, I know a guy, um, James Shremko even runs his business like that in a way, like in reverse. So when his um, uh, staff do a job for him, uh, then, and he just says, if I don't get back to you in 24 hours, just assume it's approved um, mm-hmm. just to make everything oh, run yeah. smoother. I know that's yeah. totally off topic, but it just made me think of that. It's kind of like <laughs> just a smooth running business thing. Uh, man, is there any, anything else you think we need to cover? Um, I think that's about, that's about the bulk of it. Yeah. If you can can identify and then implement that stuff, I mean, you're pretty much on your way. I agree. Yeah. There's there's like a lot of stuff we've dug into already. A lot of potential changes that people can make. I don't want to, don't want to overwhelm people, but where can people go to find out a bit more about uh, you and how you help people? Go to kieranbrowning.com forward slash James. Awesome. And, um, we'll link that up in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, K-I-E-R-A-N. And yeah, I can <laughs> put in some more information there and also give you, yeah, if you want some more help with this or you know, run by in a particular client expectation issues you have or anything else uh, regarding your agency, you know, just book a free short call and you know, see where you're at. You see if I can give you some you know, quick tips or whatever, whatever is sent on your way and see if that mm. helps or not. Um, no stress. That, yeah, that kieranbrowning.com slash James would be the best spot. Awesome, yeah. And uh, that'll be linked up at agencyhighway.com slash 94 along with the notes and resources from this episode. Uh, Kieran, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, James. Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review or share it with someone you think will benefit from what we've talked about today. That's it, and I'll see you in the next episode. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.